Welcome to Trust Levels, the podcast, Big Trust Levels. I am Cam Jordan, New Orleans Saints defensive end. I also like to say I'm a six-time Pro Bowler, like my dad, six-time Pro Bowler, Steve Jordan, uh, tight end for the Minnesota Vikings for 13 years. And I'm only going to say six-time Pro Bowler because I've got my brother with me, Mark Ingram the second, you know, a three-time Pro Bowler himself, just guys who've been to the Pro Bowl, you know, guys who've made a lot of things happen. And we talk about making a lot of things happen and bringing, introducing our interviewee, Coach Saban, a guy who's won not only one championship over LSU, but another six over at the University of Alabama. As some people would say, roll down tie. That being said, I'm a Go Bears guy. I can't really deal with it. But that going forward, we're going to say thank you, Coach, for not only being here, for not only blessing us with your presence, because we know time is money. Thank you for giving us some of that. Glad to be here, guys. Appreciate you doing it. You know, appreciate you guys. I always have respect for great competitors. Uh, both of you guys are great competitors, so I'm kind of glad to do it. Maybe I'm going to learn something here today. Hey, hey, that's what it's all about. We trying to learn. You trying to learn. We all learn. We all get better. You know, that's how we do it. <laughs> right. That's the trust. That's the levels, you know? <laughs> Delivered by Pizza Hut. Look, I've, I've I've had to listen to to no less than ten years of not of Mark not only winning and you know eight years of Mark winning beating the hell out of LSU down in the New Orleans Saints locker room collecting all types of you know sweaters etc cetera, etc cetera, <laughs> giving out sweaters making guys wear sweaters that went to LSU and had too much pride on the line um, but just hearing about just the, the lineage of first rounders the lineage of second rounders that you guys have really pushed out into the league and not just had first and second rounders, third rounders, whatever the guys are drafted, but quality football players in the NFL. And so it starts at college level. So, I mean, it's big kudos to you, Coach, for everything that you've either imbued to these kids or what they've taken out. Because, I mean, you think about the wide receivers that you've put out, the technicians. I mean, guys are just high-level caliber players already coming out of college, and you don't see that often. There's no get ready. You You're born ready hey. in Hey, man, it's everything you. It's everything you. It's everything you. <laughs> everything Let them know, you. Coach. Yeah. You got it all. I appreciate you saying that, Cam. That's uh, a credit, I think, to all the coaches that we have here, sort of the organization that we have. We have a lot of really good people here who help our players be the best version of themselves, have the best chance to be successful, more successful in life because they were involved in the program, and you know, do a good job of helping them develop a career uh, off the field uh, as well as on the field as football players. So we're we're. I appreciate you saying that, and hopefully we're always trying to get better. We're always trying to find a better way. So, you know, we, we change things all the time, and guys have to buy in, and you have to have a culture in your organization where people want to have success. Yeah, they change things all the time, you know, because I go back, it's way different than what it was when I was there. You know, I, I guess we were the guinea pigs. We were the lab rats because we were doing some crazy stuff back there in the weight room. You know what I mean? Now these guys, it's like, they got the science. They got they got everything, man. But uh, you know, just the change and evolving, you know, that's what Coach does the best. That's why he's been able to win championships, be in the championships, fight for these uh, you know, titles year in and year out. And I respect it. I love it. And as a fellow Bama uh, alum, here he goes. you know I'm going hard for mine. Here he goes. I'm going hard for mine. <laughs> hey, hey. And I also want to tell you, Coach, congratulations on the extension. I need to go ahead and just give you the lifetime extension for you just leave when you want. You know what I mean? Just keep paying the man whatever the highest paid man is. Get, just give him a little bit more. And uh, congratulations on that extension. Congratulations on the on the Trailblazer Award. I don't know what other award they didn't gave you. 
but you just collecting. You know, you got six, seven rings behind you. You oh know what I mean? Gosh. So I just want to tell you congratulations, coach. You know, I'm proud of you. I love you. Holy damn. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I'll say uh, while I'm here, I mean, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask the real question. You know, clearly there's a difference from college to NFL, but what is it that you felt was a transition from, of course, you know, you were at Miami for a couple of years. We just got done talking to Drew where he thought he was going to, you know, end up in Miami and ended up, of course, with the Saints for a decade. But is there a transition in the mindset of coaching, uh, being a head coach from the uh, pros to college or college to the pros? Um, I, I don't think really the way you coach players is really any different because I think coaching is teaching, teaching is ability to inspire learning. You know, my experience is college guys want to get to the NFL, but NFL guys want to extend their career. They want to play as long as they can play, uh, make as much money as they can make uh, and be the best players that they can be. So uh, if you're a coach that helps them do that, I always felt like, you know, there was a lot of positive self-gratification in that. I think the biggest difference is how do you bring players to the team? You know, when I coached in the NFL in 88, 89, um, 91 through 94 with Belichick in Cleveland, 94 was the first year we had free agency. So free agency is great for the players, but it also changed the dynamics dramatically of how you could bring players to your team because of the salary cap and, you know, things like that. So um, I thought that was the biggest difference. I thought it was the biggest challenge. You know, when I went to Miami, we were $17 million over the cap. We had the oldest team. We were 4-12. So we made the team better. Uh, but And I think if we wouldn't have failed Drew Brees on the physical because he was coming off a of shoulder surgery, that things would have really taken off in Miami because that was what we needed was a quarterback. Uh, but because that happened, uh, that's probably why I ended up at Alabama. And it's been... Uh, it's been it's been a really good 14 years, uh, no doubt, and uh, we enjoy it. We feel like it's home now. But really, coaching the players was really, really no different, and I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed it in college, but I enjoyed it in the NFL as well. So did you find the commitment level from from players in, you know, college you buy in? Because you know, like, like, oh, I'm going to the University of Alabama for, you know, for, for the accelerated program at Bama, you guys got three years. But for most most colleges, you know, it's it's four to five years. Whereas, you know, you came into the Dolphins and you had guys who are one years. Again, you mentioned the cap, but like, you know, there's always cap casualties. There's now there's money motivations. When you go to college, it's pure. Hey, I'm here to not only get be the best football player I can be. Uh, I'd say be the best academic, you know, student athlete I could be, but I'm not going to take this this Bama shot. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to be better than this. <laughs> but hey, we have we have an 88 graduation rate. Yeah. Let that man know, coach. Yeah, no. yeah. At graduation, you just got to do the alphabets and probably count to twelve. But Tim, you, are you forgetting that I coach at LSU? No too? doubt. That's that's what I'm saying. That's why I know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan State, Michigan State, All over. no doubt. No doubt. I'll say. Yeah, but I, I, to, to answer your question about the commitment level, I think it depends on the individual. You know, I mean, there's very committed people in college to be the best person they can be, the best student, uh, very committed to sort of developing a career, uh, very committed to developing a career as a football player. And then there's guys that aren't so committed that you have to push to do everything that they need to do to be successful because they're not self-starters and they, they don't have a sense of purpose of what they want to accomplish and what they do, or maybe they do and don't realize what they have to do to do it. 
in the NFL, it was the same way. You know, there were guys that were great players that wanted to be greater players that worked hard, like Jason Taylor, you know, Zach Thomas. Uh, those guys are great leaders on your team. They worked hard. They did everything they need that you could expect of any player at any level to try to help their team be better and help themselves be better. So I think it still goes back to the individual and, you know, what makes them tick. And that's what makes some people more successful than others. Uh, it's not just all about ability right, all the time. Right. Now, so you mentioned that yes. complacency thing for sure. Like you, you talk about, you talk about complacency. You can't get complacent, whether you're good or, or going to be good or going to be great. There's always another another level. You can't plateau. You got to be on that that level. It's all about what have you done for me lately. You know <laughs> what I mean? What, you know, you got to keep improving, keep well, getting better. But, but I think in in sports and probably in life and in any business endeavor as well is you're only as good as your last play. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's a great philosophy to have. And, you know, it's always about not what you did in the past, but what you can do in the yes, future sir. that's really yes, going to create value for you. Uh, and that's what you got to stay focused on. And, you know, it's not really, I think when we all make a mistake is everybody thinks just because guys have ability that they have the right mindset to be the best that they can be. And really the human condition is to survive. Mm -hmm. You know, we all want to be comfortable. We all want to survive. We all want to do a day's work and sit in our lazy boy and, you know, drink a beer and eat Tostitos because we feel like we deserve yes, it because we worked hard that day. Uh, but to win a championship, to be the best that you can be, to work hard, to get to the next level, to not be satisfied with the success that you've had, because success is not a continuum. It's momentary. So if you want to continue to have it, you got to continue mm. to work. But that's special. Yes, I mean, people like that are really, really special. So, and I think we make a mistake sometimes as coaches thinking just because guys have ability, they automatically have this sort of mindset that they want to be the best that they can be. And that's not always true. Right. right. No, you're right. Hey, I remember you told me, Coach, you remember, I mean, you kind of helped me harness my emotions and into a positive way. You know what I mean? I always say you learn me. I used to be crying before the games, like turned up so emotional. Coach, like, hey, man, you can't be doing this stuff, man. Like, you gotta learn to channel this stuff like in a positive direction. And he helped me do that. You remember you told me to be where my feet are. Don't be anxious. You know what I mean? Be where my feet are. And uh, all that stuff, man. That stuff that you taught me, it kind of, I've took with me, you know, going into my 11th season. Wait, wait, Mark, what is be where your feet are? Be where your feet are. It's like, if you worry about the future, you get like, one, you know. One step at a time type. Kind of anxious. Yeah, you get kind of anxious. You know, if you worry about the past, you get complacent or you, you know what I mean? It's like you be where your feet are. You capitalize on this moment. Like he said, success isn't something that's continuous. It's it's, it's momentary. You know what I mean? So you got to be where your feet are. You got to live in the moment and, you know, try to improve yourself every single day. Is, is that is that right, coach? Is that what you meant by that? Oh, you I, tell I, me that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, guys that get high anxiety, which is, I think, when you were a young player, you know, you wanted to be good so bad and you wanted to do well so bad that you got so tied up in sort of the outcome. I uh, thinking, you know, I got to go score three touchdowns. I need to gain 100 yards. So you're thinking of all these outcomes and you're putting all this pressure on yourself. So you create all this anxiety. Doesn't really help your performance. Exactly the opposite probably hurts your performance. You know, what I always try to get was guys to focus on what do you need to do to get the outcome that you want to have? Stay focused on that. And to answer Cam's question, you know, be where your feet are is just look down. Where are you? This moment, this time, I can control what I do. I can control how I think. 
and and I'm going to try to do that the best I can. I'm not going to worry about what happened in the past. I'm not going to worry about uh, where I'm going to get drafted or how many yards I'm going to gain in this game or even whether we're going to win or lose. Just worry about the next play. Uh, and if you can dominate the competition, you know, one play at a time, you probably end up being successful at the end of the day. So that sort of simple-minded approach to the better way to compete, in my opinion, is not to think about the outcome, but to think about what you need to do, you know, play in and play out to get to the get outcome out. that you want. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There you go. That's Cam. a gem for That's, you, right? That, 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 that man's legendary, that's, right? Some, somebody recorded that, right? I need that. Um, Listen, I, I took that with me, bro. He <laughs> told me that when I was like 19 years old. I still live by that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. But no, coach. Hey, we know all the stuff you done did, all the great coaching. I want to talk about the beginning, West Virginia's finest. <laughs> How you became this elite athlete coming through West Virginia, man? Like, I need to talk about the beginning. Tell me about that, coach. Before you even knew you was going to be a coach, you was an all state quarterback, mm. 50 and one, state champion quarterback out of class a all state baseball all state basketball i know you think you got the jumper i'll send you a little bit you know what i mean <laughs> so i need mean, i want to know about the the young saving out there in west wait, virginia, wait, they, west they, virginia look, they, a, the rule is supposed to go if you can't do teach you can't be a head coach and then drop you know all the accolades <laughs> in the world you mr all pro himself <laughs> i was all state everything everything yes i did this and he'll get out there he'll show the shuffle jam technique to the dbs you know what i mean <laughs> He'll show it to him. <laughs> well, let, let, let me just clear this up for you, Cam. I did play all sports and um, loved all sports. But where I grew up in West Virginia, there was nothing else to do. I mean, so that's all we did was we played at the ball diamond from the time we got up in the morning until we went home at night. Uh, but just to be clear on this, you know, we still play noontime basketball. Oh. and. And Mark Mark was never good enough to be on my oh, team. Oh my goodness! I yeah. was a hooper coach. I was like not, that. not in basketball. Oh, not in basketball. Oh, and what uh, baseball? I don't know about baseball, but what um, team are you talking about? <laughs> golf it might be golf. My my noontime basketball team is like I pick the elite players to be on my mm, team. Okay. And then, and then I pick the guy that guards me on the other team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sets then, it up. He sets it and then, up. And then I call all the fouls. So we, 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 we're pretty successful. He picks who guards him, and he's the referee. <laughs> That's what you get for experience. Yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I got a lot of it. Lots of years. Yeah. So tell us about that, Coach. Like, what, what that was like, you know, balling in West Virginia like that in high school. What was that about, Coach? Well, you know, I had um, really good high school coaches. My dad was a coach. He started Pop Warner football when I was like 10 years old. And we played for him. We had success. He bought a school bus and went up in all these little coal mining towns and got all these guys to play on his team. And I don't think we won a game the first year, but then we won like 30-some games in a row. And all these guys went on to play high school. So when we went to high school, we just carried on and won most all of our games and won a state championship. So then I had an opportunity to go to college. I was going to go to the Naval Academy and sort of got scared out at the last minute. And um, You got scared out? What scared you about the Naval? Just the Navy? Well, um, no, nah, it was the Vietnam War yeah. was like going on yeah. and everybody like had to go right to Vietnam when you got out of school. And yeah. I was wondering, is that really what I want to do? But anyway, um, went to Kent. Don James was my coach there. So I never really had any intentions of being a coach. But, you know, Coach James called me in one day and 
after our senior year, we just lost to Freddie Solomon. And I think Matuzak played on the Tampa University of Tampa team. We lost in the Tangerine Bowl, which is now the Capital One Bowl. And uh, he called me in right after that. And he said, I want you to come back and be a GA. And I said, coach, I said, I'm sick of school. I don't want to go to school and I don't want to be a coach. So why would I be a GA? And uh, Miss Terry had another year of school and we were married. So he said, well, you can't go anywhere to take a job. You might as well stay here. So I did. And I've been doing it ever since and really liked it. So, you know, that's how I ended up being a coach. But I had a lot of good mentors along the way. Um, you know, my high school coach probably had as much influence as anybody other than my parents on, you know, sort of what it takes to be successful. You know, Coach James was a great mentor uh, in getting me started as a coach and was very well organized and sort of set the tone for, you know, how we do things even now. Like we use the same evaluation form that we used at Kent State when I first started coaching because it was kind of NFL type. What's the guy's character? Here's a size and speed chart. Here's the critical factors to play his position. So um, that's how we kind of still evaluate players today. So I've been very fortunate to have a lot of good mentors along the way. And whether it was George Perlis at Michigan State, you know, Bill Belichick was a great mentor. Um, probably my four years in Cleveland were probably as difficult a years as I had in coaching in terms of the work ethic and the things that we did. But it was also the biggest learning curve that I ever had. Uh, in terms of what prepared me to be a head coach. Hey, now I want to talk about Michigan State. Like, so you came in my house, you recruited me, you told me that you used to have to run my dad down, get to class, you was calling my mom. I still don't remember the exact story. I need you to like share with the people like this story, man, how the whole thing even transpired. Like, I think my coach sent you some tape down there to Bama. You came in my house, told me you used to chase my dad around, he wasn't acting right. Tell us a story, Coach. <laughs> well, here was the problem. All right. So Mark's dad and Andre Risen were both from Flint. Flintstones. And they were running. They were running buddies. And in those days, you know, back, this was in the early 80s, you could take as many credits of summer school to get eligible as, you know, you didn't have this had to take 18 in the regular year and only could take six of summer school to get eligible. So these guys would end up needing, you know, 12, 15 credits of summer school to get eligible. And I was in charge of making sure that they went to class and did what they were supposed to do. Uh, well, I could never find Mark. I could never find Andre because they were always together running around. So the only way that I find them was I knew Mark, big Mark's girlfriend. And I would call her and say, hey, where's Mark? And she would tell me, and I'd go run him down, get him to go to class, get him to do what he wanted to do. But the problem was, is when I went went in Mark's house I, to recruit him, I didn't know if Mark's mom I, was the same lady that I used to call. I was kind of sitting there on pins and needles. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you are you my niece no. or are you are you somebody? No, no, no. Yeah. no. Then my mom was like, so, "That was me. You used to call me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, ah. Oh. I've been on you, family. Yeah, family. <laughs> Give me a hug. Thank you. <laughs> so that was that was the story, but it was I was a little nervous about that. I didn't know how to sort of navigate that. Yeah. And she, Mark's mom, finally just kind of broke out laughing and said, "That was me." Hey, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> That's super funny, man. Hey, I, I'll never forget that one. <laughs> Dang. Then, then of course you go down to Bama, and next thing you know, you're throwing up. 
Yeah, yeah. I went to Alabama. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm not going to Alabama. I'm like, I'm from Michigan. Like, they, he was like, man, just take a visit, see if you like it. I went down, took a visit, fell in love with it. The players, Coach Shaven, the culture. You know, it wasn't the Bama that it is now. You know, they were coming off of like a down year. You know, years before that, where they had some like probation. We were coaches first recruiting class. I'll never forget though. I'm gonna tell y'all a story. He sat in my living room. He was like, man, he was like, if you come to Alabama, he was like, your first year, he was like, we'll probably have a pretty good team. But I think your second year will win the national championship. And let me tell you, he was verbatim. I wish he would have predicted the third year because the first two was <laughs> verbatim as he said it. Because we went 12-0 and my freshman year. Mm. We were going to the SC Championship, one versus two versus Florida. We lost to Florida. So they go to the national championship and win it. So we had a really good team. We lost our – and then we had kind of like a letdown. We were in the Sugar Bowl, lost that game 12-2. and But that all propelled us for the next year to get back to the same point. We went 12-0 and again. Went back to the same point. It was number one versus number two, Alabama versus Florida. We smacked them, beat the brakes off of them. Then we went to Texas, got the championship. But Coach literally sat in my living room in Flint, Michigan, told my mom, my grandpa, and me that verbatim, what I just told you, and it happened. And, uh, I said, that was, your, that was your fault. Look, in fact, he might have been doing your favor. He's like, and after the third year, you're going to get out of here. Don't even worry about it, Big Summer. <laughs> he didn't tell me nothing about the third year. He just said the first two years. Mm. <laughs> How did you even know that, Coach? Like, it was, it was recruiting, man. I didn't know for sure. I was just trying to get you to Alabama. <laughs> hey, that's, hey. that's about as straight up honesty you're going to get right there. But she. No, that's dope. <laughs> but I really thought we could do something special here. And I thought we were having. You know, that kind of recruiting class, that recruiting class that Mark was in with Julio Jones, Mark Barron. Marshall Darius. I'll say big big sales. Yeah, but and and I'll tell you, you know, people always ask me of the six national championships that you won here, which which teams did, which one was the most special? And this last year's team was special because of all the adversity with COVID and not having spring ball and guys being gone and have to do zooms with them. And you guys all went through that in the NFL as well. So you understand it was difficult and they stayed focused and were able to adapt and adjust and all that. But that first national championship, because all those guys came here, all the guys that Mark said, they came here when we weren't, we weren't any good. I mean, we went six and six by the skin of our teeth. Uh, the first year I was here, we weren't very good. Um, and, you know, all these guys, you know, sort of bought into the concept of what we could do um, and the hard work that we would have to do to be able to turn the program around. And they all, they all came when we weren't any good. You know, the players come here now because, you know, Alabama does a lot for them. They do a lot for Alabama, mm-hmm. but uh, we, we've had a lot of success. And I, I think that success, you know, helps all of our players have more success. So, but so that first championship that we won was pretty special too because that group of guys came here and fully bought in, you know, right? And 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 accomplished it and did it, and that was pretty special. Man, hey, I, I try to tell people, look, the most dangerous team is a team with hope, and look, it looked like you inspired them to do more than that, and now it's just like, shoot, they hope that they don't disappoint now because now they are, you know, Bama, Bama that's won five national championships out of the last twelve years, been to what seven, eight of them in the last twelve, like. We've the, what, the, the culture that you created, I mean, has been nothing short of special. Um, and I, I want to know, you know, just because I'm a D lineman, who was your favorite D lineman out of this 14-year <laughs> stint at Bama? Uh, you know, I came into the league in 2011. I used to 
I've been around Tuscaloosa. You know, I, I got to ride the coattails of Marcel Darius back when we were rookies that first offseason. I realized, you know, Bama was such a football town. But so, of course, I've got my affinity for, for D-Lyman. But who would be your best D-Lyman? I mean, they all seem sort of ready, but. From right. John John Allen to Big Payne to I mean you've had you've had plenty of them. Well, I, I think you named the three guys that were probably the most dominant players when they were here. Marcel was very dominant, mm-hmm. probably the best maybe all around, you know, because he was big, he was strong at the point. But you know, when we recruited Marcel, we we, we had to have a long conversation about whether we were going to recruit him or not because he only weighed like maybe two fifty, two fifty five. Who Marcel Darius? <laughs> Marcel Berry. Um, you know, he came to camp and he could really rush and he can move. And I'm saying this guy could play end if, you know, he doesn't get much bigger. He'll be okay. He can pass rush. And then the guy just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And he became this dominant player, but he still had the quickness and you know, could pass rush and a very powerful guy. Nose tackle um, had 10 sacks so. over Buffalo. I mean, he was going crazy. Yeah, at the nose. Yeah. And then, you know, I thought Jonathan Allen was, you know, really a, a good player. But that's another guy who came in here. He was maybe 230 in high school. By the time he got here, he was maybe 260, was an end, moved inside, and was, you know, a dominant player, a great leader, really good person. And, you know, Big Payne was he, – he was really a good player too, but more of an inside, nose-type, great run player. Uh, you know, type of guy. So we've had a lot of good ones, but those three guys probably, Man. you know, be the best. I'll say, I'm excited about, I'm not going to front. I really wanted the kid this past year. I was hoping. I had, look, I had, I had my little wish list and, and the What's his name? Anyway. Which one? Yeah, yeah. Bar- 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a Dogmore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big, big dog. Yeah. Dogmore. <laughs> <laughs> he's a really good pass rusher. Made a lot of plays, kind of a one-gap player in a way, but for a guy his size, has unbelievable initial quickness. And uh, he uses it well and makes a lot of plays that way. Yeah, I'm telling you. Look, hey, Mark, look, you ain't never seen me. It was just like, dang, I really like, – I was sitting there like, yeah, was if like I have any pull, it's him. I got zero pull, yeah. so it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have no pull. They do what they want up there when it's draft time. You Absolutely. No. We want to talk about this year, man. What you guys looking forward to with the, with the team this year? Or who should I be looking out for that I don't know? Um, yeah, I know you guys are getting ready to go do dominating things. So, but give us a little preview this season coming off of you know a national championship year. Well, I, I think every year in college is really challenging because you probably lose twenty five percent of your team, whether it's graduation, guys going out early for the draft or whatever. And we lost a really a lot of good offensive players. You know, Smitty, Waddle were both, you know, outstanding wide receivers. You know, Mac had a great year at quarterback. Najee was, you know, really good at tailback. Offensive line was probably as good as we've ever had as mm-hmm. a group. They were doing so all guys got drafted. So we really kind of have like lost eight starters on offense. Uh, so we got a lot of holes to fill. We got a lot of y- good young players, but not a lot of experience. Uh, so that'll be sort of a work in progress as to how that group develops. Now, in defense, we would, if Patrick didn't go out and Barmore didn't go out early, we'd have had 10 starters back. So now we got, we have eight starters back. So we have a little more experience. We got better last year. We were really young on defense last year and not very good in the beginning, got a little better at the end. Um, so um, it'll be interesting to see. We'll have a different kind of team, I think, a little bit. 
uh, in terms of last year, we we're just so explosive. We made so many big plays. Uh, I don't know that it will have that kind of offensive team. Bryce Young being a new quarterback, talented guy that, you know, you always don't know for sure how a guy's going to play until he goes out there and does it. So, you know, we'll kind of see how that goes. So it's a challenging year. But the way I look at it is every year in college is like you took a new job, right? Because you lose so many guys, you got so many new guys in new positions, new roles. The leaders on last year's team are gone. You need new leadership. So you're trying to develop all these things. Sometimes it comes together really well. Sometimes it's a little more difficult. But I think we have a lot of good players. We just got a lot of young players, and they really don't have a lot of experience. Hey, well, we t- I know I trust the coach Saban. Hey, you know what I mean? So I ain't worried about it. Look, coming into the season, so we talk about this season, before a game, you know, for players, we, we listen to music. You know, we have like a certain meal we have to eat before the night before or, you know, the morning of. Do you go through the same thing? Are you, are you one of those coaches that are, you know, it seems like you're so even killed. You sort of have a regimen and you stick to it, at least in my mind. But do you have something that you, you had either calm down or amp up for the game? Is that like a meal? Is that, a, is that the music that you said? Is that maybe going to a quiet room, meditate? At this point, what puts you at that great level of coaching that you've been at for so long? You know, you know I think different from a coaching perspective as a player's perspective. You know, you, you have a lot of quiet time as a player before you go out and play. As a coach, You know, I'm talking to recruits, you know, the officials come in, you know, you got all these things happening like right up until, so I only have a little bit of time where I really have a chance to think. And usually I'm trying to create a mindset for the players for every game. All right. So I talk to the team on Monday. I talk to the team on Friday. My last thing that I always think about is what am I going to say to try to tie the whole weak message into right before the game. I'm not big on, you know, trying to give one of these rah-rah speeches or whatever. I just try to reinforce the things that we need to do that we talked about all week, whether it's mindset or things we need to do in a game to have a chance to be successful. And I try to reiterate that to the players. And But I don't have time to listen to music. I don't have time to, you know, I mean, it's just like you're going from one thing to the, to another it's a little bit different, I think, when you're a coach than when you're a player. Mm. But I do respect that everybody gets different to play a little different way. And if I do have time to think about anything, I'm always thinking about situations that are going to happen in the game. And how are you going to manage those from an administrative, you know, you're going to go for it on fourth down in certain situations. If two minute comes up, when are you going to call timeouts and you know, what, what kind of style do you need to play to be able to win this game? You know, that that's kind of like when we played Georgia in the national championship and we put two in the game, you know, I kind of knew going into that game we were going to have to throw the ball mm-hmm. against them to have a chance yes, to win. Now, hey, wait, wait, was that the substitution yeah. game? That was that was the one, yes, right? Yes, substitution. sir. Yep. That, was, yep. that was a substitution Man. game. And, uh, and Jalen struggled a little bit in the first half, even though he was the team leader and – Hadn't lost a game. Hadn't lost a game that season. Man. You know what I mean? But yeah, he was twenty six and two as a starter. Yeah. Uh, but I felt like we, we we'd have no chance if we couldn't throw the ball. And I love Jay. Know, I love Jalen. I love two. I love Bama. But you made the right call that day, Coach. Well, <laughs> but that that decision was like you know Cam's asking, "What do you think about before the game?" Well, I'm thinking we're gonna have to throw the ball to be able to win this game, and we've not thrown it very well in the first half. So we had to make a change, and it was really hard to do because I had a tremendous amount of respect for, you know, Jalen. But then when we went back and played the SEC championship game, 
you know, Jalen goes in yep. the game and wins when to two. It strikes hurt, it out. So. What? <laughs> full circle. Man. It comes full yeah. circle. It comes full circle. That's special. So, and, and I think it's a tribute to those two guys to support each other, manage the situation that he did, not cut and run when things didn't go their way, set a great example. And uh, I think that's good for college football what those two guys man, did. Absolutely. Hey, man, and that's Roll Tide Brotherhood right there. So <laughs> all you recruits who you want to be great, you want to have, you know, brotherhood. And ain't no hate. We all just elevate and we gonna be great. Come to Bell. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, built by Bell. That's how we do it, man. Built by Bell. Hey, coach. Hey, coach. How that golf game? How, how, how your swing doing today, coach? I know you be playing with Justin Thomas, man. I know he getting ready for the U.S. Open. He coming on the podcast too soon. So, how the swing looking, coach? Yeah, you know, um, I haven't played as well this year for whatever reasons. Um, because we didn't I'm have our, we didn't have our tournament, man. The tournament keeps me motivated to keep my game sharp. So. You know what I mean? And, I, and you know what? I didn't play this year because you didn't play. Mm. Uh, I always you look forward to that. You didn't tell me that. You know, if, if you need me, you know I'm ready. I just shot 70. Yeah, but they didn't do the player thing this year. They just did coaches from the SEC oh. against the ACC and all that. And it was a three-day event, and I enjoy that. I've always enjoyed that event. It's first class. You know, they do a great job over there. But I always look, I, I love playing with you yeah. and seeing the other players play with their coach. So I didn't do it this year, but um, my, my game, my game, it needs help. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Cam, so we do this like Chick fil A Peach Bowl challenge thing where it's like the ACC versus SEC. So the coach will pair up with like a celebrity player. I'm not a celebrity, but I'm a player. So coach asked me because I have some golf history. So, you know, we go, we get our strokes, we be applying pressure. And one year, we was about to win, man. So we have to go to this playoff. We have to play the 18th hole like three times in a row. And uh, I had to do a Coach Saban on Coach Saban, you know. I had to be, you know what I mean? Everything he taught me, I had to, you know, kind of forward it to him. So <laughs> we on like the third time playing hole on 18, Coach like, I don't know, man, if uh, – if we have to, if we don't win this hole, I might have to go, you know. I'm like, the Jets waiting on you, coach. The Jets waiting on you. It ain't going to lead to you need to leave, you know. But he was talking about, I'm like, you told me that we have to finish. You know what I mean? You told me that we have to, we can't be complacent. That we have to put our foot on their neck and finish the game. Like, we got to finish. You know what I mean? <laughs> all, all it says, we end up losing the hole because, mm. you know. You know, our mindset wasn't right. Okay. Our motivation wasn't yeah. right. We got complacent. We was worried about outside factors. We weren't being where our feet were. No, so you got to be where your feet are. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we end up losing hey, the playoff. Yeah. Damn, he, he is so right about that. We get in this playoff, and we kept doing it and doing it and doing it, and the plane's waiting on me because uh, I got to go speak someplace or something that night. So we, we were driving back to play the last hole again. And I look at Mark and I put my hand on his knee and I say, you know, Mark, I'm really proud of you. We did really well today. So no matter what happens, because I was, I was getting here. ready to book at last hole, I'm going I'm to leave, you know. And I mean, he jumped my tail like you can't <laughs> believe, man. He said, that ain't what you taught me. You taught me we got to put our foot on the <laughs> <laughs> so you, you got you got that you got that coach that coach advice when, when you wasn't ready for uh, you know what? Cause man, we was in a battle, man. We was in a battle. You know, it's one of them heavyweight title matches, man. We with these dudes, they hitting it straight, they hitting it tight. You know what I mean? Right. We scrambling, we up and down, saving ourselves. I'm like, we we gotta win this. You know, this is for like you know whatever five hundred thousand, two fifty thousand goes to the next kid foundation, goes to like scholarships for Alabama. Right. I'm like we gotta finish. We gotta finish. <laughs> 
Man, we ended up taking second place, though. But we coming back for our redemption. I know that. Yeah, eventually. Next year. Next year. Yeah. Because yeah. this year, you know, both of y'all got higher dreams. Of course, the Bama yep. way is, is a championship. You know, I'm trying to imbue that on my Cal guys. When I go back, I'm going to talk to them. But look, I talked to one of the greatest coaches of our modern day, you know, collegiate era, period. Might be just, yeah. period. As, I would say as many national championships that you've been to and now won bringing some sort of standard to him because we fell off. I'm not sure how we fell off, but we fell off. We got to get back on the map. Yeah, Cal, Cal needs a lot of help. You guys are waiting. Look, 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 look. Guys, We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. Yeah. But we are uh, here to celebrate yeah. just, Coach, yeah. the way that you bring your, your mindset, the way you bring your mentals, and corral your, your players to match that intensity. Big kudos to everything that you've done for your program. Hopefully that magic wraps up with my guys, too. Go, go Bears. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you saying that, Cam. Absolutely. And I, I enjoyed being on with you guys. You're fun guys. I have a lot of respect for you. You're great people. You set a good example for a lot of young people, and I think there's a lot of young people that needs that kind of leadership, role model, somebody that they can em emulate. So I'm uh, really proud of both of you guys for what you've accomplished and what you've done, and I always look forward to watching you in the future. So God bless you. Roll, roll Tide. Oh, here you we know go. You roll Tide. Roll, roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. I'm the one to yeah, yeah. the trees. <laughs> yeah, you're right now. <laughs> All right, Coach Saban, we appreciate you and your time. We know your time is money. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Coach Saban here. Seven-time national champ. Six with the University of Alabama Crimson Roll Tide. That's how we do it, baby. Appreciate you, Coach. Tapping in on the trust levels. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. All right. All right, Coach. All right, see you later. Appreciate it, Coach. Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? We would like to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave us a review and rate five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a big, big Trust Levels episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Trust Levels and at the Players Tribune to view all exclusive Trust Levels content. Thanks again and much love to all our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribune.com